Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy Feño. This is the Early Blim Podcast. Monday, November 6th. I'm here just to recap the UFC in Brazil event that you, we just had this Saturday. As you know, this is pay-per-view week, so I'll be coming back with the full preview. So I, I won't be talking talking too much about the pay-per-view on this occasion as per costume for these kind of weeks. Um, let's talk about the... I'll also talk about some fight announcements, you know how it is. Uh, let's talk about Almeida versus Lewis. So that was the main event, Jailton Almeida. As we know, he debuted on light heavyweight, moved up to heavyweight, has been very successful, and he keeps being successful. Um, he wins a unanimous decision against staple of the division, uh, the Black Beast. And... Yeah, I mean, there's a few things to talk about here. Uh, Meida wins a very dominant unanimous decision, wins every round. And a lot of people are very, very disappointed that he did not get the finish. Uh, I made a, a few, a few posts, uh, shit posts about it, saying, uh, remember how DC got him out of him? Uh, I should have talked about how Spivak just watch Derrick Lewis the moment the fight went into the ground instead of the DC because you know people had hold DC in such high regards. Um, yeah, I was just talking shit to be honest. Uh, I just thought it was funny that Amida got so much time on top and didn't manage to get uh, a lot of damage or get the submission defense there. Um, I think I made a reply guy like make like three different like quote tweets about it like people get so mad like uh, I mean I understand if you love Jailton Almeida the guy is very ripped he's hot uh, so if you're in love with Jailton I support that as you know I do not discriminate over here uh, but yeah I mean I, I, to be honest I was a bit disappointed with the, I think the wrestling looked very good uh, I mean we, we already knew that but I think a few sequences of like Shane wrestling not only like surprising people with the double with his insane drive um, I think he showed good ability with single leg uh, he he showed that the footwork with his wrestling is very good he's also uh, he drives hard like taking sharp angles to take people off his feet and a few times that he faced adversity uh, I thought Jailton looked very good when Derek got the, a foot sweep in I think it was the third round. Uh, Jailton immediately went into the single leg, took an angle, uh, climbed into the body lock, trapped a leg, got a takedown. And then on, I don't know if it was the fourth or fifth round, where uh, after a like sloppy back take, Jailton ends up on his back. Uh, Derek Lewis landed some hard ground, found the best shots of the fight. Uh, but then Jailton went for, for the deep half, trying to come out from the reverse uh, uh, half guard. Uh, then using that classic like pendulum swing into a single leg, uh, he he forces that reset because uh, he didn't have the angle and uh, Derrick Lewis had a very strong wizard. Uh, so he forced a, uh, a reset going to deep half and coming up with the, with the single leg again, trapping a leg this time and neutralizing the, the wizard. So it was very cool stuff like I think Jailton is weird because he's very limited in some aspects. Uh, you can tell the the striking is not really there. He has a few ideas and obviously as a very good athlete, being quick and, and having a good f f uh, feel for the fight. I think he can make some stuff happen with the 
with the striking. But yeah, the timing of the wrestling, uh, great. Uh, the Shane wrestling ability, great. Um, he did not look lost against bigger dudes on the bottom, and I think that's very important. Today, I think the, the big criticism for me comes in the, in the lack of ground and pound. Uh, a lot of very silly moments as uh, Derrick Lewis was insanely easy to to mount in this fight. He was not looking to to catch half guard when any time that he got taken down, it was an, a free mount. And then from, from mount, he was just looking to to control the wrists of Jailton and Jailton did not have many ideas at one moment, even standing up from mount and giving a free escape to Derrick Lewis was very silly stuff overall. But I think um, Jailton is still developing. Uh, I just think he needs to let go with the ground pound, especially because he was having an easy time taking uh, Derrick down and in any scramble that they have, he ended up on top. So I think he could have risked to go for more damage. I think it would have been safer for him as well because uh, any time that Derrick Lewis was getting up, he wasn't super tired, he had the energy to, to bang, and he had the, the striking advantage, really. So why risk it? Like uh, Damaging your opponent is not only the way to win a fight, because that that's what the, the score criteria says so, but it's also, like, it's make it makes the fight safer for you. Sometimes you take risk because it's the safest thing to do long time. If your opponent is damaged, he's taking damage, he's getting tired, um, he's hurting, he's l a lot less dangerous than a guy that has just been has just been uh, held down on the ground and he's still fresh, he's not tired, he's not damaged, he can go for the kill and every time that you reset and uh, start on the feet at the beginning of each round. So I think that's something to consider for sure. Uh, also, the better ground and pound would help a lot with the submission game. And we saw that Jailton was not able to get the rear naked choke or the arm triangle that are like his go-to moves. I think he he flirted with S-mount uh, at some points too, but he did not get going with, with that. Uh, the arm triangle, especially at heavyweight, kind of hard to get against like those big dudes. Uh, maybe you can open up the submission with the striking, really. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like, disappointed in that sense, but still, Jailton, obviously, one of the best guys in the division. I think a fight with Curtis Blades would have told us a lot more. Like, if he was able to out-wrestle Blades, that would be super telling for him moving forward, even even though uh, we know the, the damage from top position is not, that, is not there yet. Or also, if he was capable of like defending the takedowns of Blades and then outstruck him in the feet on the feet, that should have been a, a very interesting too. Uh, what's next for Jailton? I don't know, man. Uh, a lot of people are saying like, oh, if he fights Gun, he's going to to finish him immediately. Do not agree, really. I I know it's like the cool thing to hate on Gun, but if you see like Gun against. Uh, a lot of people that have tried to take him down, except John Jones. Uh, Gan is a lot better defending takedowns uh, than Derrick Lewis's. Uh, he has a stronger stance to defend takedowns. He has better distance management. and he's better, He fights very hard for underhooks. He's a lot better in the clinch than Derrick Lewis. And you can uh, see how Spivak had no trouble like taking Derrick Lewis uh, down because uh, the closing distance on Lewis is 
super easy because that's what he wants and he also swings super wild and that allows to get you a clean shot to the to his hips even if he can defend the, the initial takedown he's not particularly uh, good in the clinch he also tied to Ibasa there and then you see like Gan the way like he outmaneuver uh, Derrick Lewis in the clinch very easily uh, he, he kind of looks stronger than him too and uh, we saw Spivak uh, we saw Tuivasa, uh, no one is getting like shit done in the clinch against uh, Gan. Obviously Gan like not perfect defending takedowns, I'm not saying that. We see, we've seen the John Jones and then Ganu fight as, as proof that maybe Jailton can get a clean shot and take him down. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be a, a way harder test to be honest. Uh, other fights that seem like hard tests to me for Jailton would be like... Spivak himself, seeing him against another wrestler, or Volkov that is very big, strong, and has gotten better as a grappler, really. Uh, even even this guy that got killed by Aspinal, oh man, uh, Taibura. Yeah, Taibura would be a good test as well. So, so yeah, there's a lot of options for Almeida. I don't think he's quite there with guys like Gan. Uh, uh, Aspinal and and Sergey, when it comes to being like the top contenders right now, I think he needs uh, one or two more fights to to show us that. Uh, let's remember Derrick Lewis, despite being like a, uh, a staple of the division, uh, he's like two on five on his last seven right now. So beating Derrick Lewis doesn't mean a smash as it used to. But yeah, I mean, uh, future is still bright for Jailton. I still think he will be forced to move down to to 205 eventually. Um, even if he has like a good matchup, maybe in Serial Gun, I think fights against like, especially like Aspinal, maybe even Sergey. I don't know. Sergey is a bit of a question mark there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Volkov, even fellow wrestlers like Romanov. I don't, I'm not sure Jailton can just walk over those guys, so, so yeah, I mean, there's that, but, but it was, was it a bad performance? Um, no, I think uh, Jailton obviously is a fighting, a fighter that is still developing, uh, but I think, and I will talk about a similar prospect uh, later, uh, he's not uh, using these fights to develop, he's still making the same stuff in all fights. And then he, he faced some adversity, show up uh, a, a few things that we didn't quite know yet. And he looked good there. But he also, the fight also exposed some of his flaws uh, that moving forwards are very concerning. So, so yeah, I mean, still a fire to watch, still uh, uh, exciting, exciting as a prospect, even if this fight wasn't really exciting. On the co-main event, we have Nicolas Dalby against Gabriel Bonfim. Uh, after Ismael Bonfim <laughs> lost to Benoit Saint-Denis, uh, everyone was like... Um, the narrative that Gabriel was the good Bonfim stock, and I was, sh I was sure that that wasn't the case. I mean, I have eyes. Uh, Gabriel is a lot more limited, you can tell. He's more dangerous too, and he's fighting on an easier division, but here he fought adversity for the first time in his career against Nicolas Dalby. As we know, Dalby, a workhorse. And I gave him compliments on getting... He's a lot more damaging than he used to in the later rounds when he gets going, and then again he shows... 
he showed us that here and on the second round too so Dalby did a lot of cool stuff in the clinch transitioning between the dirty boxing and and using frames and ties to put Gabriel in positions to get kneed and get elbowed and got the finish man and he looked great so good for Nicolas Dalby uh, dude is like 39 I think and he's looking great uh, looking the best he has ever looked in these last few fights uh, for Bonfim uh, it's it's not a terrible loss, especially where he is in his career right now. I think he needs to fight more uh, fighters of this level of competition to start developing a more a more deep tool set. I mean, he relies a lot on being like this big banger with a left hook and not a particularly like tight left hook, like just a wide left hook that he throws with a lot of power and that bails him out of a lot. Then he has. Um, a good double leg takedown, and then on the ground he's solid, he has the guillotine, but but yeah, I mean, it's all very shallow and depends a lot on him like being dangerous and being a good athlete, and it didn't work out uh, in, in this fight. So hopefully Bonfim can, can rebound from this and look look better, like start putting together more like more nuanced game plans and better tactics moving forward. Uh, we have Rod Rodrigo Nascimento versus Dante Mays. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did not watch this. So let's move to Kayo Bojalio against Abus Magomedov. And I thought this was a good performance by Kayo. I think uh, Kayo as opposed to Jailton. And these guys have been compared a lot as Brazilian dominant grapplers that are very, very good athletes. Um, I think Kayo is using the time in these fights to develop as a striker. And I think that's very important moving forwards because you never know when someone is going to like just shut down your takedown attempts and you need to have striking in the back pocket and I think Kayo is developing very well in that sense um, he's not like super experienced and super layered but he seems very very intelligent um, he faints a lot he's looking to set up stuff um, he's good at exploiting uh, openings that he sees, so I think Kayo is very promising as a fighter in this division. Abus, I know he gets a lot of crap because of the Strickland fight when he like implodes on round number two, and yeah, I think kind of same here. But I think uh, Abus is not bad. I think he's a dangerous striker early. Uh, he's like sharp out of the gate. Uh, he's well-rounded as well. He looks solid defending takedowns here, uh, but didn't get a lot going with the with the striking in terms of volume, especially. I think Kayo uh, moving on the outside was a bit frustrating for him, and also uh, Kayo is a big dude, and I think I think Abus was a bit surprised that Kayo was like his same size when it comes to length and reach. I think he was a bit bothered by that. But yeah, I mean, this is a solid win. Um, and I'm excited for Kayo Bojario moving forwards. Uh, and when he got hurt, he was on him and got the finish. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Kayo Bojario, to be honest. Elvis Brenner returned to action. Uh, he was supposed to fight Rivovich. I talked about that. but And I was like, I, I don't want to go into details because the, bro the fight is probably not happening. And yeah, the fight did not happen. A lot of fights did not happen. Ismail Bonfim was supposed to fight in this event as well. And yeah, Brenner, it was a weird fight. Uh, he, he got the... 
he got the knockdown, I mean the knockout, and with a combination that he did twice, a shifting combination that ends like with a wide overhook left. And yeah, he just face plant Kane and Krushevsky here. Um, so yeah, I mean, Brenner, I thought he did not win his debut uh, against Suva to Hugov, but then he surprised me with the, with the Kutatelatze win, very impressive. And now this one, he did not look great, I think, here, but he still got the knockout, so you gotta give it to him. I, I think Brenner deserves, deserves a ranked opponent right now, to be honest. Uh, before that, we have Eliseo Zaleski dos Santos. He fought Renat Fagredinov. A good fight, I think, fight of the night, probably. Um, so, yeah, uh, Zaleski got rocked pretty bad on the second round. I mean, on the first round. Uh, but then managed to get up from the ground striking. Uh, I commented how Zaleski looked very strong defending takedowns against uh, Nurmagomedov in his last fight. So it was interesting to see uh, like a harder version of that against Renat. And it was the fight was pretty much that. Renat showed some good ideas boxing-wise, but uh, the form is not very good. Uh, he gets power into his shots, but he's so loopy, so wide. And Zaleski was... You know, using his movement, fighting big kicks and putting together some strike shots into the big hooks and overhands. Um, second round was super, super close and I thought the third round was... I gave up, obviously, a 10-8 for Renat on the third on the first round. I thought uh, a 10-8 for Saleski on the third is fair too. So it comes to how you score the second round. At the end, this was scored a draw. Um, probably a majority draw, probably like 10-8 uh, for Renat on the first round and then 10-9s for Saleski on the two and third. Probably uh, two judges scored like that and I don't know if the other one scored for Renat probably. But yeah, I mean, this could have gone either way. I think a draw is a fine outcome. I think like 10-10 on the second round is not bad either, so you can say... You you could say that it's a fair result even if the judges did not score this properly in my opinion. But I mean, good for Saleski that he's also like 39 years old. Um, he he deserves a ranked opponent right now to be honest. And same for Renat. Like Renat looks solid, and we know he's a good grappler. So so yeah, I mean, but Renat. Um, he he got that win against Kevin Lee. I do not uh, do not rate that win at all. But the Brian battle, uh, it's Brian or Ryan. I I'm not sure. But the battle the battle win was like okay, not much ground pound. But the wrestling looked very solid. And now we know that the striking he got chops there too. So Fagredinov is very interesting for the division. So I hope both guys uh, fight a ranked opponent in his next fight. Vitor Pretino fought. Modestas Bukowskas and Pretino continues to improve slowly but he does not need to improve as quickly because he's such a good athlete, one of the best athletes at 205 um, and usually Pretino goes like for the wrestling if he doesn't get like the big shot on the feet but he got the big shot on the feet and more impressively like a well-timed check hook, kind of awkward one but he landed hard and put Modestas out, so that's a, 
I think that's a very impressive win. I rate Bukowskas like pretty highly when it comes to 205. Uh, I know that's not the same match. The division is pretty bad, but I think Modestas is like a big dude with a well put together game. And he's he's decently athletic, so he's not a he's not an easy outing for anyone. Yeah, he was having a like a very hard fight uh, before the the kick that injured him against uh, Roundtree. Obviously, very legal strike. We we talk about that on the past. I'm I'm just saying that he got injured pretty bad there, uh, legally by a legal by a legal strike. But I think Bukowskas is good, so this is a very impressive win for Petrino, especially because he's just like 10 and 0 right now. So yeah, I mean, excited to see Petrino moving forward. Uh, Angela Hill versus Denise Gomes was a great fight too, maybe like fight of the night um, material as well. Uh, Angela Hill just great. I I love Angela Hill, man. Such a good fighter. Uh, the the record is looks so bad on paper that like we're not used to seeing like kind of 50-50 records, but Angela Hill has fought like all good fighters and quite a few sketchy decisions in her record, like against uh, Michelle Watterson, against, I think, uh, Carla Sparza, uh, or was it, I'm not sure, was it like Carla Sparza or, or the other guy, the Brazilian girl that fought, fought for the title, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think Angela has been done dirty by a few decisions and he's just been fighting the lead of the lead the whole time. Um, I think she's very good and she showed us here that the clinch game is something that I love against Angela Hill. And also like the well-roundness, the, the smarts inside the cage. And she's another fighter that is pretty old. She's also like 39, I think. Uh, so yeah, I mean, 30, 39ers having a, a great night tonight uh, on Saturday, but yeah. All good for Angela Hill, Denise Gomes on, on her part. She looked solid, to be honest. Uh, she looked like in the fight the whole time. Her cardio is a lot better than you would expect for someone that hits as hard. So yeah, I mean, I think Denise Gomes still has a bright future as a ranked uh, top 15 fighter. But Angela Hill had to stop that momentum for the time being. Before that, Eduardo Moura fought Montserrat Conejo Ruiz. And Moura looked like just a lot bigger and better everywhere. So yeah, I mean, Mora might be dangerous for the rest of the division, uh, but we'll have to see. Um, the opening fight had Mark Giacchese versus Kawe Fernandez. And Giacchese, you know, late career Giacchese, he just puts on the wrestling shoes. And he's actually pretty good, uh, pretty good wrestler right now, but he doesn't have much ground and pound at all. Now, uh, the striking was kind of close, but Kawe was landing for sure the better shots. Jaquez uh, on the third round uh, found the mark with some left overhands, but other than that, like, was Kawe, like, landing damaging kicks. That's, like, his thing. Uh, I think this could have been scored either way, to be honest. I think Kawe for sure won, like, one and two, but, you know, he got super out-wrestled, so you cannot get mad when Jaquez gets the decision, and that's what happened. Split decision for Matt Jaquez. Um, so yeah, I mean, alright, like, I'll be watching both guys moving forward, so obviously, uh, we have a few fine announcements. Uh, before I got a brief, like, summary of the, of the pay-per-view, first we have Farid Basharat, the, the younger Basharat, not the one that just fought. Uh, he's fighting Taylor Lapilus, and this is a tremendous fight. Very excited about this one. Uh, will be very interesting to see how Lapilus makes his, like, uh, sit back 
low volume style that but very well rounded against uh, Basharat that you know the Basharat brothers are like very long range and very high output so interesting fight very interesting again uh, between two very well rounded guys so looking forward to that Andre Philly is fighting Lucas Almeida this is going to be a banger this is going to be silly it's going to be a good fight I support it uh, watch out for the wrestling of Philly on this one because you know like uh, Maeda got wrestled pretty bad on his last one and Philly is a very good wrestler but not that good on top position so but he's also a long guy so maybe he can hold down on Maeda on the feet it would be very interesting you know Philly is good with the jabs from both stances the high kicks the low kicks and Almeida is like this like tall lanky bangers that he has like the the straight shots and the kicks at long range but he really loves the left hook inside so good fight there and the big announcement we have quite a few big announcements fights for the title the first one and the one that i'm guessing the the less people are excited about uh, we have raquel pennington against mayra bueno silva for the vacant ufc 135 title and yeah like this is not like oh my god i'm so excited but this is a good fight uh, Mayra Buenosilva is probably maybe the best part of way right now. Uh, Rocky Pennington is solid, man. She's uh, good. Like, I think a lot of people got the wrong impression of Rocky because I think in the Amanda fight, she got hurt like super early and did not recover and she looks so bad. It's like like what happened to Shogun against John Jones. Like You get hurt super bad, you don't recover, but you still push forward and like on autopilot for the rest of the fight and you look very bad. <laughs> I'm not saying that Pennington would have won against Amanda if she didn't get hurt early. I mean, and obviously credit to Amanda for hurting him. It's the same thing as uh, John Jones versus Chogun. It's not that the other fighter, it was going to win. Obviously, if you get hurt, that's on you. That's part of a fight. But it gives like super bad optics. Like, it would have been better for Shogun if he, if he got knocked out by the knee immediately because Jun Jones got to do whatever he wanted for the rest of the fight. And he looked great. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, I rate uh, Prime Jun Jones highly despite not fighting the best opposition. I thought he was a very good fighter on his prime. And I think Amanda Nunes was also alright, especially... She was like a solid fighter that was this great, great athlete. So, so she was, like, good overall. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pennington gets another another shot at the title, uh, very well deserved, I think. She has been looking very good lately. And Mayra Bonosilva, I'm very glad that she did not get punished by that stupid, like, no contest against Holly Holm because of ADHD medication. That was fucking bullshit. Uh, they're treating that as a win, so they're making this fight for the title, and I'm all, all on board, man. Uh, it's a good fight, I'm not gonna complain. And then we have the big ones. Uh, this one, this was broke by Amy Kaplan on Twitter. Uh, she says that this is per Dana White. Uh, in January, we have Sean Strickland versus Ricos Duplessis for the middleweight title. So very interesting fight. Uh, got a side with Strickland, but obviously I never choose Ricos Duplessis, and he always surprises. But it will be interesting. I think Strickland is less vulnerable 
to some of the traps that Duplessis put on guys. Um, I think he's more consistent and less vulnerable than some of the other guys, but Duplessis will still have like a big edge in athletic, in athletic ability in this fight. He will be the more powerful guy. And um, very strong too, so I don't know, interesting, very interesting fight. On February, we have Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Topuria. A bit concerned about Volkanovsky after getting knocked out by Islam Mahachev. But, and I mean, the, the man wants to stay active and Topuria is very dangerous. He might just land a big left hook and put Volkanovsky out. Uh, discounting that, I still think Volkanovsky has the superior fighter by a good margin, but Topuria is very dangerous. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, like someone that is very dangerous in the pocket uh, might do Volkanovski that likes to set traps and play with the distance and then close the distance. But then again, Volkanovski probably one of the few fights where we, he will have like a decent reach, actual reach advantage over Topuria. So I'll, I have to study this, but it's a very good one. And then in March, we have Chano Mali versus Chito Vera, confirmed at, at last and... Yeah, I mean, super excited about this one. Uh, I know Cheeto is like not the most deserving fighter right now for the title, but it's still like he has a good win against O'Malley himself. He rebounded for, from the loss, from the bad losses that he had. Uh, or was it just the, I don't know, was it just the, the Sanhagen one? I'm not sure, but yeah. I thought he won very clearly against uh, Pedro Munoz, who also had a close fight with Chano Mali. So, so yeah, it's a good fight. It's a good fight, especially because it's five rounds, and you know Chito Vera gets going. Uh, he won't get uh, he won't get wrestled by O'Malley most likely. Uh, but yeah, I mean Chito Vera needs to put the volume here because O'Malley has looked very solid striking lately, and. And yeah, I mean we'll see if O'Malley. O'Malley cardio can hold up for five rounds of Cheeto, we know doesn't put like on a super high pace, but he hits hard, he and he he keeps you busy when shit gets going. And and maybe both guys with big power but also like good chins, so I'm not expecting a super early knockout. But we'll see. Uh, it's a very good fight. Uh, and other than that I think it, it was announced that not like super confirmed, but we have maybe a fight with, uh, between Song Yadong and Chris Gutierrez. And that would be a very good fight and, and, a, and a main event as well. Uh, if the rumor is true. And that's good. That's a good fight. Uh, a bit scared for Gutierrez, but I think pe uh, people are expecting like Song Yadong to kill him. And I'm not quite agree. I think it's uh, an early knockout is probable, but not really. I mean... No, it could happen, but I don't think it's like the most likely scenario. I think Yadon can win this fight for sure. If he gets into boxing exchanges, he can expose the um, some of the limitations of the outside kicking game of Gutierrez. But at the same time, Song Yadong's not that good at cutting the cage. And he has been leg kickable in the past. And Gutierrez very hard leg kicks. Over five rounds, it can, it can get ugly. Uh, the cardio is interesting because Song Yadong's fight so hard, but... The cardio seems great, and Gutierrez moves around so much and faints so much that you can maybe think that that's not sustainable over five, but I think uh, his conditioning has looked great so far. So he sometimes like drops 
parts of the third round because he's just like gets into the safe mode. But I don't think Song Yadong will allow him to fight safe. And I think that's where Gutierrez gets more dangerous sometimes, like in his fight against um, the Mongolian guy that he knocked out with the spinning back elbow. I don't remember the name, but but yeah, I mean, it's still a good fight. And finally, I guess we can like talk a little bit about the pay-per-view. Obviously, I'll be back in like two days to make the full preview. I know you guys listen to that is a lot more popular than this than this podcast. But we have the main event: uh, Jiri Prochaska versus Alex Pereira. Uh, like, who knows what's going to happen here? Uh, Pereira obviously like comes to bank. Prochaska comes to bank, but you know Jiri should probably take this one down. But but yeah, I mean, it's a very silly, stupid fight. It's for the title, but I, I don't know. I like it. Not gonna act like I'm not excited. The co-main event has Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall because this card was supposed to be headlined by John Jones and Stipe, and I think John Jones is the one that got injured. Ah, yeah, the the pack the pack thing, like the asteroid thing. <laughs> but yeah, um, instead of that, we get uh, Pavlovich versus Aspinall and. Alright, like his Aspinal can clear the the big punchy guy. He has beat a few big punchy guys already, but this is like the final boss of the big punchy guy, so let's see what happens here. Uh, when it comes to heavyweight, it's alright. I mean, Aspinal is probably the best dude in the world right now. Well, Bart, maybe John Jones. Uh, I'm not counting Stipe there. Stipe looked pretty bad in the Ngannou fight. He's only getting older, so I'm not counting Stipe as a as, a, as the best heavyweight in the world right now until I see the contrary. And there's always Ngannou, obviously, but we don't have Ngannou in the UFC because the UFC sucks. Uh, we also have Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. Uh, Andrade in the worst uh, losing streak of her, of her career. And, and Dern coming off the best performance of, his, of her career against uh, Angela Hill. This is only three rounds, so... Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Andrade, obviously, very physically strong. And then uh, Jiu-Jitsu ace, but also pack hands. Does she want to test the hands against Andrade? Uh, I don't know. But it's an exciting fight, for sure. We have Pat Sabatini versus Diego Lopez. If this guy's grapple is going to get fun, probably. will be interesting to see if Sabatini, with his mix of like wrist rights, uh, folk-style positions, and solid top control uh, from jiu-jitsu, classic positions, can hold down Diego Lopez, who is very tricky from his guard, as we saw, he's very resourceful in his fight against Ivloyev, but not the best wrestlers, and Sabatini will attack those takedowns. Uh, this one is probably not going to be like a kickboxing fight on the feet. Uh, I expect uh, Sabatini to just trust his grappling here, and Diego Lopez is probably go- going to try to defend most of the takedowns, but they, I think they will grapple and it's going to be fun so this is a very good fight well Matt Frevola versus Benoit Saint-Denis and these guys are going to bang we know they're going to bang it's going to be stupid and it's going to be fun and and there's that there's that a uh, good test for Benoit Saint-Denis for those of you freaks that like Benoit Saint-Denis you guys disgust me but I respect your your opinion even if you guys are wrong what else we have? Joshua Bam versus Kevin Borjas. This one is very exciting. I'll be talking about this one. You guys probably don't know, but this one is is fire. 
Jared Gordon versus Mark Madsen. It's alright, we'll see if Mark Madsen can grapple against Jared Gordon. He's a way better athlete than him, should be a lot stronger. But Madsen is old, gets tired. And Gordon, you know, he's very consistent, he's very well-rounded. So if the fight goes long, uh, it, it's probably getting a sketchy for Madsen. Uh, then is Busukja versus Jamal, uh, Jamal Emers. I don't remember this Dennis guy. Ah, yeah, he he lost to Woodson. Woodson. I don't remember that. And Jamal Emers uh, had a split decision against Jack Jenkins. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I, I don't remember these guys. <laughs> but... Well, yeah, Emers, Emers versus Jenkins was fire, I remember. I remember that, but I don't remember this guy super well. But yeah, this one is probably going to be fun, I guess. I'll, I'll watch the tape on these guys and I'll, I will remember them immediately, but right now I'm not prepared. Uh, Sadikov versus Borshev, this one is going to fuck, man. This one is going to be a good one. Um, especially, Sadikov will maybe try to wrestle. Uh... But, but if they bang on the feet, this one is going to be very, very exciting. And we have Tabata Rishi versus Lopita Godinez. Uh, this one may be not the most exciting, but it's uh, interesting. It's very interesting because it's like two very athletic wrestlers. And, and yeah, I mean, what's going to happen? It's going, is someone going to get the takedowns or are they going to box on the feet? If they fight on the feet, uh, I think I have to give an edge to Lupi. Mm. But yeah, I mean, Tabata Rishi, I don't like her style, but she keeps on winning, so I I need to give credit to her. We have Kyung Ho Kang, my boy, Mr. Perfect. He's fighting John Castaneda, Sexy Mexi, coming off that win against Muin Gafurov. And yeah, this Pantomweight is good. It's good. Uh, Castaneda, uh, solid everywhere. Uh, pressures hard from Southpaw. Kyung Ho Kang, uh, a kind of a jab lucky guy, lengthy for the division. And the best thing about Kyung Ho Kang is that he's a very good top position grappler, but he hasn't wrestled a lot in his last few fights. He has a good double leg takedown. But Castaneda, I think, has a wrestling background and has has looked very, very difficult to wrestle in, in his fights. And the opener, Steve Ersek versus Alessandro Costa, is also a banger. Uh, so yeah, I mean, when it comes to like big names and important stuff, stuff happening in the world of MMA, this pay-per-view really ain't it. We have like a like a meme of a fight in the main event for a two or five title. I think it's a valid fight, kinda. I, I don't think Alex Pereira really deserves the title fight, but I'm okay with him getting it. Jiri for sure deserves to be in this position. Uh, he beat Glover fair and square, and now he gets another chance for the title. So yeah, that's fine, I guess. And then the co-main, uh, you might as well consider Aspinall versus Pavlovich for the actual title. If John Jones is injured and is not going to fight, and he do, and and Stipe is not going to fight anywhere, anyone that's not John Jones, um, it's whatever. It's like these guys are fighting for the title, but but yeah, it's like two bad divisions. And then we do not have like super ranked important fights, but but we have a lot of bangers, and I I like to have fun watching MMA, so I approve of that. And yeah, that's the card really. And that's the pod. Uh, it, this is 
this ended up being a lot longer than than I expected. But that's life. Uh, not every podcast can be like 20 minutes. Sometimes you have to listen to my annoy annoying voice for a, a bit longer. And you guys decide to listen to this to this podcast like voluntarily. So it's all on you guys. It's all your fault. Now before you guys leave, I just want you guys to remember that this podcast is brought to you by X Marshall. X Marshall is a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Marshall offers a range of products including rash guards, shots, spats, geese, streetwear, and training equipment. Use code THEFIGHTSIDE, all caps, no spaces, to get a 10% discount on your order now. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow their socials at XMarshallOfficial. Thank you so much, XMarshall. Also, if you guys want to support the fight site as an ongoing project, you can always support us on Patreon. For $5, you get access to our Discord server and also a big catalog of exclusive content, especially like video content that we cannot put on YouTube. So yeah, I mean, go for it. If you guys want to support us, thank you so much for all you do. And remember also that you can commission me to make a custom video analysis on any three round fight that you want for only 25 bucks. I still have three slots left. Um, and yeah, just choose a Muay Thai kickboxing or MMA fight three rounds and I'll make a video about it, explaining to you the tactics and the techniques and the strategies of the winner fight. And that's it, guys. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys probably on Wednesday with the full preview. Love you. Bye.